Women Make Waves is an NC Fit podcast. What's up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Women Make Waves podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today Bloom and I are sitting down with NC Fit's very own Colleen Fleming. So this episode touches near and dear to my heart, not only because Colleen is pursuing a degree in psychology, and obviously my therapist heart can nerd out on that, but also because I watched Colleen bud into the amazing coach that she is today from a young Padawan in the NC Fit Teens class, all the way through our intern program, front desk, part-time coach, and ultimately a full-time coach. It has been so awesome watching Colleen blossom into the coach that she is today. We dive into what it's been like coaching pre and post COVID, how you build rapport as a coach, the power of language and meeting athletes where they're at. Speaking of meeting athletes where they're at, some of us might need a little help, might need a little nudge. So make sure to go to the app store and download the NC Fit app. NC Flix did just launch. So we have five different programs for athletes every single day. Whether it's in the gym, on the go, or in your garage, we have got you covered. Enjoy this episode, and we'll catch you guys next week. What's up, Women Make Waves listeners? Lindsay here, sitting down with Bloom and our girl, Colleen Fleming, NC Fit star, extraordinaire, coach, psychology degree, pursuer, artist, best calligraphy in the game. If you guys have ever seen one of the blackboards and or whiteboards at NC Fit and thought, wow, that looks damn good. It was probably Colleen that wrote it. So super excited to be sitting down with one of our own. We haven't done this. I mean, Bloom and I do this together, but super excited to talk to someone who's on the coaching floor because it's been a while. I'm getting ready to come out of retirement, get back out there, but someone who's uh, been doing it a little bit longer than Bloom and I have lately. So Colleen, Welcome to the show. And the way we start every show, always, 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 we want to know how you're making waves. How am I making waves? Well, that was quite an introduction, first of all. Thank you very much. I appreciate all your kind words. Um, I mean, I'm just out here on the floor every day with the members, trying to give them as good of an experience as possible. Um, As you kind of alluded to, I'm getting my uh, degree in psychology. It's actually my last semester. So I'm graduating in December. And I'll have a Bachelor of Science in Psychology, which I've been working on for a while now. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited about being able to join together the fitness side of things and the psychology side of things for both myself and for members. I love that so much. I was going to um, say the same thing. I just tingled in all the right places. Right? About that. <laughs> So I'm curious for you, what was the driver into wanting to pursue psychology? Was it something that you kind of always knew that you wanted to do or um, was that kind of more of a recent thing? Yeah, um, I think for as long as I can remember, I've been the friend that people go to when they need advice. Um, and I don't know a ton about it, but I have a couple of friends that are into like numerology and I'm an 11, which apparently means that people feel comfortable telling me things and that they feel comfortable talking to me about issues and whatever's, you know, bothering them. So I've always been that kind of like shoulder to cry on for my friends. And I 
enjoy helping people. I'm also like, I don't, I don't like this term because I think it gets over years used, but I do believe that I'm kind of an empathic person. Um, and when other people are upset, other people have issues, like I feel it personally and I want to help them resolve those things. So the thing that I always tell people is I just want to help people. Um, I don't know exactly which path that's going to lead me down, but I'm able to do that with psychology and I'm able to do that with fitness. And there's been some other things too, like I'm way too obsessed with true crime. So like that side of psychology, I love looking into, um, I mean, sports psychology is also important to me and I've used it for myself as an athlete and to help other people as athletes. So there's all sorts of things, you know, everything is psychology. So that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. I mean, shit, we were put on this planet to connect with each other. Right. And ladies, I'm talking to you. I don't know, guys, your barbers might be like this too, but I always joke that like your hairdresser is like your pseudo therapist, right? Like, mm-hmm. My girl's been doing my hair for so long. She has seen me through breakups and careers and people I thought were going to be the one and everything and anything in between. And she just like knows me. And I'm like, home girl, I sit in your chair for like a few hours every like two months. And you know me better than a lot of my friends. And I think that coaches, we get to that same place with our clients. Um, Mm -hmm. And we see them way more regularly than every like eight to 10 weeks. So what have you seen carry over from what you're learning in your psychology degree to what you do every day on the coaching floor? Yeah, I think that um, it's, it helps me, you know, just in general, understand people better. Um, I also think that for a long time, CrossFit and like functional fitness space was kind of like, do as much as you can go as hard as possible. If you're not going RX, if you're not PRing every workout, like you're not trying hard enough, all this stuff. But a lot of it is just about people coming in and having like an hour of their day where they can like, not think about getting stuff for their kids ready for tomorrow and not think about their job and not think about maybe something more serious, like something traumatic happening or like a death in the family. And like having that hour to help people like decompress, whether it means like they are PRing their lifts and they're killing workout, or maybe it just means they're like chilling on a bike for a while and doing some deadlifts. Like it's, it helps me like meet people where they're at and like help them get where they want to be essentially. And I also like, like psychologically speaking in terms of like the way I speak to people and like the terms that I use when I'm coaching is something that I like to think about. So like I try to avoid using the word just, um, which is something I've told a lot of people, like, you know, people have concerns about kicking up and doing handstand pushups. And a lot of coaches will be like, we'll, we'll just do it. Just, just kick up against the wall. And that can be like really disheartening for a lot of people because like, I can't just do it. Like I'm trying my hardest and my, my body and my brain are not agreeing with each other. So like once again, meeting people where they're at and like understanding what they're comfortable with and like picking up on their nonverbal cues of like, whether they're scared or whether they want to try to go for it and things like that. I feel like I'm just am more in tune with those things when I'm communicating with members and also just like little things. Like instead of saying uh, like you have five more minutes, I'll say like, there's only five minutes left. Cause it sounds like a little bit more mentally rewarding to phrase it in that way. So there's just like, there's big things and little things that are all kind of psychologically driven that I try to implement in my coaching. 
I love this. I feel like this episode is going to be just like how to be a better person. <laughs> I and would I'm love so, that. I'm so here for it. Conscious <laughs> coaching and doing away with Nike's just do it. Yes. I mean, the swoosh is pretty cool though. Agreed. <laughs> Didn't say it wasn't. Just like the tagline's a little true, true, outdated. True. Yeah, I agree with that. Agreed. Um, so when you are, when you're on the floor and you are noticing those people that, you know, maybe aren't doing what you suggest, or they're not necessarily following a timeline and they are just kind of doing their own thing. How are you navigating that? Because I remember like, obviously I haven't coached on the floor in a while, but I remember that being a frustrating piece of our coaching job, right? Like we have to wrangle cats for every single class. And basically it can get really frustrating, but like you're saying, like, you don't know what's going on in somebody's home life. Like you don't know where they're at right now. Um, and sometimes they share that information. Sometimes you do get to like, get that little insight into what's going on, what they're dealing with, but how are you navigating that for yourself? Because I think that piece can be often overlooked. Like we know we should meet people where they're at. We know we should treat them with compassion, but internally, how are you navigating that frustration when that happens? If it happens? No. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it, you know, I'm on the floor with these people almost every day and I get to know them pretty well and like what type of jobs they have, what type of families they have and generally like what they're dealing with. I mean, maybe they're not telling me everything, but I have like kind of a general sense of where people are at in their personal lives. So, you know, if it's like really out of the ordinary for someone to be like, uh, you know, ignoring me or not doing what they're supposed to be doing, or just like being kind of rude or weird in general, like I'll have a pretty good sense of like, this is out of character for this person. Maybe I should go up to them and like ask how they're doing um, and try to figure it out from there. If it is something where it's like, you know, repetitive behavior where a person's just coming in every day and kind of being a jerk, then it's like, what can I do to like offset this and try to make them you know, feel like they still have control over what they're doing, but at the same time they're doing them, but like I need them to be doing for the class to proceed. So uh, a lot of killing people with kindness, <laughs> being as nice as possible, um, no matter how people are acting. Um, I always go up to people, like whether they're lifting or doing a workout, I'll say like, how are you feeling? Or like, how's this going? Instead of like immediately jumping into like coaching cues or what have you, like sometimes it's better to just ask people how they're doing first and then see what they tell you. And if it's about the fitness, great. Then we can talk about fitness. If it's about something else, then we can talk about something else. Um, cause usually people will, will tell me whatever they need to tell me. Um, and you know, it can be hard. I actually, to get vulnerable for a minute um yeah. a couple weeks ago <laughs> Love it. we were having some issues um with some different things going on at the gym and there was a handful of members that weren't happy and we were getting lots of complaints and I was like you know I'm getting up every day some days I'm waking up at four in the morning I'm coming in with a plan. I dedicate so much time to trying to make this like the best hour of people's day. And I'm just getting hit every day, day after day with complaints. Like that's all I'm getting from people. And it's like, I'm giving so much of myself to only receive negativity in return. 
And one day I was at home and I just like broke down crying and was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, this sucks to be treated this way when I'm trying to give people my best. But then it, I went back for a second and I thought about it and I was like, you know, 95% of the members are giving me their best. They're bringing me positive energy, even when they have things going on outside of their life and I can still depend on them. It's just those couple of people that are giving me a hard time and I'll try to accommodate them the best that I can, but I can't make everybody happy all the time. And like understanding that like, I'm still a person too. And like how I feel also matters um, and doing what I can with what I'm given essentially. That's a really big realization, but it's also just a really big piece of this conversation that I think is worth repeating is that like, you can't make everybody happy all the time. And if you are taking what's in your control and focusing on those things, like showing up every day, being prepared, having that plan, um, killing them with kindness, then ultimately the res- like you have to be detached from the result at some point. Right. And I think that that's, A, that's a really great point for coaches everywhere, because even in like the nutrition space, like if I'm coaching a client, like I'm going to bring all of my love, all of my education and my resources to that relationship. If my client does not get the result that they wanted, I can't be attached to that. Right. Right. And I think that that is a really, um, that's really hard for a lot of coaches specifically, because obviously like we get into this field because we want to make a difference and we want to help people. And it's, it can be really challenging to have to detach from whether or not they change or whether or not they feel helped. Like you can't do anything about that. Yeah. And I think the other thing about this type of space is that like, we do get to know people in such a personal way. And like, I know that you do as well with nutrition because you were my nutrition coach. So I know how deep in it you get, but like, you know, someone so personally and you know about their kids and you know about their job and you know what their dog's names are. And like, then because of that relationship that you formed, if they, you know, are talking over you during class or just completely ignoring you or just being annoying in general, then like you take it personally because you're like, hey, like we're supposed to be friends. <laughs> like I thought we had this mutual understanding, um, but it's sometimes you just have to step back and not take those things personally, because like we said before, you know, I, I don't always know what's going on with people all the time, which is why I always try to lead with how are you doing today? How are you feeling? How does your body feel? How does your mind feel? All those things are important and can kind of dictate how the class is going to go. That's a really big piece of it. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I mean, talk about being dedicated to someone's outcome, right? Whether it's nutritionist, therapist, coach, like you, <laughs> listeners, you are sitting with people who care arguably the most about your fucking outcomes. Um, and it's so hard. It is so hard to detach yourself from those things because you genuinely care. And to use what you said before, like being in, I think that this industry breeds and attracts empathic people. Um, It is my opinion. And I think the opinion of most of NC fit, like we don't hire based on how esteemed a coach you are at the end of the day, 
anyone can learn the points of performance of a squat or a push press or whatever, right? Like we all take the same weekend seminar to get that. You hire based on the things that you can't teach, right? Like the fact that you recognize homegirl at the 6am got her lashes done and you tell her that her lashes look good. Like that sets the tone for the rest of her class, right? Or asking, building that rapport with your clients and asking how their kids t-ball game went. It's like, oh my God, my coach listened and my coach took the time to remember these things. That is massive. So given that we're so attached to each one of our athletes and what it is that we're doing how is it that you navigate exactly what you were talking about when you're like, damn, like this person's talking over me or being a total disruption to my class. And like, I did ask how her fucking t-ball game went, you know, <laughs> like how do you in yourself as a coach remind yourself to stay conscious and empathetic and compassionate in those moments? Well, first of all, before I answer that question, I'm glad that you dropped a couple of F-bombs because I wasn't sure if I could swear or not, but now I know that I can. So there are no rules make here. my answers more honest. For the person we like there's no <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, like I said, I do try to, like, if I notice someone's out of character, just like acting really rude, I'll try to go to talk to them one-on-one. Um, I hope I don't offend anybody with this next comment, but I have worked with kids a lot and sometimes coaching adults is just like working with kids. <laughs> so, you know, when you're teaching, we up are all just like children walking around in adult meat suits. <laughs> uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> um, so, you know, when your teacher used to stand at the front of the room and just like silently wait for everybody to stop talking I definitely pull some of those um I will you know as firmly but as politely as possible like ask people like hey just give me one more minute to finish what I'm saying or guys we're gonna have time to grab weights in a minute just give me a second so we can finish this first and it's like it's frustrating sometimes because it's like you come here every day and you know that I'm going to give you time to get your weights and I'm going to give you time to set your stuff up. But somehow you're like panicked that you need to do it right now. And it's like, no, it's okay. Like, let's take a second. Let's calm down. So, you know, if it's like a group of people talking while I'm trying to finish, like briefing the workout or whatever, I'll just be like, Hey guys, I need one more minute. And then you can talk all you want. Or like, I'll just wait for everyone to quiet down and then I'll continue what I'm saying. Just like little tools like that to kind of get things back on track. I also um, use the music to my advantage. So, you know, if it's time to um, kind of walk around, do things, chat with your friends, the music will be up high. But if I know I need to say something, I'll turn down the music. And that usually gets people's attention like right away that the music has stopped. And then I'll say what I need to say quickly and be like, hey, guys, give me one minute. Let's talk about this and then turn the music back up and let people get back to work. And then generally from there, if there's still any issues going on, going to people individually and talking to them one-on-one. Kind of pivoting the conversation because I was not on the gym floor during this time. Neither was Bloom. Um, What has it been like coaching pre and post COVID? What have you noticed in athletes? Have you noticed anything increase, decrease? anything in between um, that you were maybe not expecting or kind of shocked you what happened? 
Yeah, it's it's been interesting. <laughs> um, so I was coaching here at our Campbell location before COVID. And then obviously the whole world shut down. I was actually, I was here working out the day that like, whatever day that was in March that like we got the news that the gym needed to close. And we were like in the middle of the workout and everyone was like, okay, you got to get out. So we like cleaned up our stuff and left. Um, And then I did a little bit of like online personal training when uh, we were in lockdown, which like wasn't my favorite because I'm just such like a, I'm like a tactile coach. Like I want to be in there with people. So like coaching someone over Zoom was definitely a little bit weird. And then I came back and we were fully outside, which was tough. So we were like underneath tents outside, having to modify anything where you would be using a rack or a pull-up bar or rings or anything like that, having to come up with things on the fly, things got very repetitive. Um, And then finally being back inside, but obviously wearing masks. So like we've gone through all of it. There was even a period of time where we weren't wearing masks for a couple of months and then we had to go back to masks again. Um, So it's just, you know, Being as patient as possible, Um, I'm happy that NC Fit has chosen to, you know, follow the rules because I've seen other gyms try to be in that gray area and it hasn't worked out for them. Gyms have gotten shut back down again. Uh, Members don't feel safe. Like I'd rather do as much as we can to like stay in line with what's supposed to be going on and hopefully sooner rather than later things totally go back to normal. Um, But It's just working with people, being patient, reminding them that like this is the best for all of us um, and trying to be as accommodating as possible. There are, you know, a handful of people who are kind of assholes about the whole mask thing and are constantly taking them off or pulling them down. And like, I don't want to have to be bad cop while I'm coaching, but sometimes it's what's necessary. But for the most part, our members are like really respectful about it and understanding and we all have those moments where, you know, our mask drops down below our nose. I'm not going to yell at anybody for that. But if you're being like blatant about not following the rules, then it's like, why? <laughs> Why'd you come here? You didn't have to. Like, no one's forcing you to. Um, but it's been cool to see kind of how the members have come back in. And we're still seeing people every week that we haven't seen in like a year and a half. So it's fun to continue to like see people again for the first time in a while. Um, and you know, everyone's kind of starting from zero. A lot of people were lucky enough to build up home gyms, but some people were just like doing body weight movements and like outdoor cardio during quarantine. So, um, kind of rebuilding and helping people build their strength and their stamina back up and just trying to make it as enjoyable as possible. Yeah. I'm curious to know if you've noticed like a big trend in, I guess, like, things that people did outside of the gym? Like, did you notice a lot more people doing more outside workouts or people building up home gyms? What do you, or do you see any like constant of for people? Like, I feel like I saw a lot more people going hiking, mm-hmm. but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a big group of members who, cause what was it supposed to be? We were supposed to be shut down for like four weeks, five weeks. And then we were supposed to come back. (laughs) And now it's been like a year and a half (laughs) since then. Um, So we had a group of members who started doing a, it was before COVID, like before the shutdown started was a a March burpee challenge. And it was 30 burpees. Exactly. I love that. 30 burpees a day. 
for the month of March and then COVID started and they were like, okay, we'll do burpee till we're free because it's only supposed to be a couple more weeks. And then it just kept going and going. So that group, it's, you know, anywhere from five or six people. And sometimes they have like 15 or 20 people. They meet up at a track um, every Monday now and do a workout together. That's like all like outdoor, they do running, body weight. They also have like dumbbells and kettlebells and stuff. And they do movements with that. So a lot of them have come back to the gym now and they're coming to the gym more regularly, but they also still have that group of people that they like form that relationship with. A lot of the members who um, built out like home gyms that haven't come back, um, just if you spent all that money to have a gym set up in your garage, then you're probably going to want to continue using it, which totally makes sense and good on which them is for why being we motivated. shamelessly have the nc fit app for at home training if you so like check out the show notes I love and that you plug. can get that download she's <laughs> so good with the plug right she's so good at it every time <laughs> um but yeah i mean good on them for being able to work out by themselves i had all sorts of equipment at home during quarantine and i did not work out as much as i should have um it's just hard by yourself sometimes so um, more and more people are coming back, like I said, and even some people that were kind of like, I don't want to come back until the masks are gone are now realizing like, well, I kind of need to go back to the gym. So we're seeing more and more full classes, which is cool, more and more people coming back all the time. Um, and then still some of them are upholding the routines that they built during COVID, which is also cool. More people getting outside, like you said, going on hikes, stuff like that. So people have been using their in a lot more ways, which I think is really great. So something that is probably a very personal question, but here we are on Women Make Waves and we get vulnerable (laughs) here. So you can respectfully decline if you want, but um, because it was something I didn't have to really deal with, I'm curious what it was like. Um, You brought up the, the idea of safety. And I know a lot of people didn't feel safe going back to the gym or didn't feel safe in large groups, masked inside, outside, unmasked, whatever it was. Um, And being a leader of the community and showing up every day when, I mean, I still don't feel like we have answers, but you know, here we are. That's my own opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you feel like safety wise going back to the gym and, you know, kind of being a leader in this community when there was so much unknown Yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't super concerned for myself necessarily, but I live with my parents still and they're older. So most of my concern the whole time has been about them. I go anywhere and catch this. I'm probably going to be fine, but like, are they going to be fine? And that's like a big weight to carry around. When we, when the gym was reopening, I was lucky enough to be one of the coaches that was invited to come back originally because not all of our staff came back immediately. Um, and there's still some staff that hasn't returned. So, you know, it was, I was humbled and honored to be one of the people that got picked to come back. And, you know, I had been saying the whole time, as soon as the gym reopens, let me know, please. Um, but I mean, there, there was a decision made there for the group of us that did come back and start coaching immediately. Um, so I was excited and happy to be back. Um, I think at first we were outside, so that definitely alleviated a lot of fears for people. I think the thing that um, a lot of people either don't think about or don't realize is that 
this, the people you hear are the people who don't want to be doing any of these this stuff. The people who don't want to wear masks, the people that like are complaining about it. But there are there is a big group of members who are way more comfortable coming to the gym right now because we're still wearing masks, because we're still taking all these safety precautions. They're just maybe not as outspoken about it. So I try to make sure that I don't try to really push one direction or the other. You know, I just try to stay kind of neutral when I'm discussing it with members and tell them like what we're doing as NC Fit and what our policies are and following them to the best of my ability. And then for me, I try to take class and be as good as an example as I possibly can, which has always been something that we've focused on at NC Fit is like when you're a coach in class, member um, and that has to do with you know, listening to the coach react and ask questions like doing all those things but now there's an added la- layer of the precaution so if I'm taking class I try to do it inside with my mask on to show the athletes like this is possible and it's doable and like we're all in this together and like we can help each other whereas like you know, maybe some coaches are working out in their free time so they don't have to wear a mask or they're taking their stuff outside every time. And then it's like the members are like, well, my coaches aren't even doing it. So like, why am I going to do it? So I just try to set that kind of precedent for other people. And hopefully it makes it more um, like not easy to understand, but at least more relatable in that sense. Yeah, I think that it can be really tough because it's hard to separate And I'm not speculating one way or the other, but like, it is hard to separate your personal beliefs from like your workplace. And a lot of times we like jump, I think, to maybe like immediately say like, well, maybe I don't agree with that. So like, I'm not going to do it or it's inconveniencing me. So I'm not going to do it. But it does like, I think that as coaches, we sometimes forget, or maybe we are just like, I don't know, naive to not realize that everything we do, people see. Because if we're working out in the gym, people see us and they know that we're coaches, right? Like we show up at the gym, people see us. And it's it can be it can be a hard pill for people to swallow, I think, to re- to recognize that no matter what you're doing, you're setting the example. So, if it's a rule and it's something that like is being upheld and needs to be upheld, then you're, it's kind of on you to like uphold those things. And I think that this goes beyond, you know, like COVID restrictions. Like there are so many times, um, even just like here and Gabe have conversations with collective gym owners. Like there are so many times that people have issues with staff not following rules or not um, participating in classes and things like that. And I think it can get really tough for people because Like, how do you, like we said, like, how do you instill that in someone? You can't, you kind of have to just accept the responsibility. Lindsay and I talk about radical responsibility all of the time because it's what we can do to control the small amount of life that we can control. But that I think is a really important point. And I'm kind of curious to know, like for you, we talked about it a little bit, But like, what has that shift been like? Because you weren't always a coach. So how has that been 
that kind of transition from not being in the power, like an authority, a place of authority to being in that now. Because you're also yeah. all flashback. I met Colleen when I was coaching <laughs> and you were like front desk. You were like a NC fit, like kids class or teens class. And then front mm-hmm. desk and like, I took a hiatus from NC Fit for a while, came back. I was like, damn, Colleen's my coach. All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I shadowed <laughs> I Colleen when I was getting hired. Yeah, both you and Gabe shadowed me when you first yeah. got hired. That was fun. Um, yeah, so I've been an NC Fit uh, member since 2014, I think. Maybe a year earlier than that. So I started in our teens program. Um, when I was in high school, I played volleyball, basketball, and softball. And my both me and my dad wanted me to find something outside of that that was going to make me stronger, faster, you know, more athletic. And that would kind of set me apart because at the time, you know, I was interested in playing college sports. I wasn't exactly sure which one was going to be the one for me, but I knew I wanted to do something in that realm. And it, it ended up being softball. And I played two years of college softball. Um and I believe that the things that I was doing at NC Fit at the time were helping me reach those goals. Um, and then I did become a front desk employee when I was in college because I was going to college locally. Um, and it was a way for me to stay involved. And it was also a way for me to keep coming to the gym uh, as a young, broke college student <laughs> who couldn't necessarily afford the membership otherwise. Um, and then I was in a performance review for front desk and um it was brett was doing it um polo nanos and jeans um he just goes have you ever thought about being a coach and i was like i mean kind of like i i was coaching sports at the time i was doing that sort of stuff but not on like that kind of level. And he was like, I, I just think like you have the personality for it. I think you've been around for a while, you know, the community, I think it'd be a good idea. And I was like, okay. And so then I signed up for my level one and I've been coaching for like four years now, three or four years. It's hard for me to keep track because there's so much like crossover between the things. Um, but it was hard at first because not only was I like a 19 year old coach, I was also a female and I also had been a member and a front desk employee. So all of these members who have known me since I was a child who think I'm just like this front desk employee. Now I'm the one telling them what to do and I'm the one that's in charge of them. And it was like a little bit of imposter syndrome for a while. And like also their reactions towards me. I didn't have a good grasp on like getting a class under control and being, you know, not aggressive, but like, the one in the driver's seat I was like letting kind of members do what they wanted and change what they wanted and they were talking over me and none of my jokes were landing and you know all that stuff that we go through at the beginning um and I've just gotten more and more comfortable over time being in control um and I still get shit all the time for how young I am and they're like oh it was your 16th birthday last week right and I'm like yeah for sure um but I just got my driver's license, baby. (laughs) Precisely. 10 burpees. Um, (laughs) I have, you know, all of that in my back pocket. And I think that that 
regardless of I'm 24 now, regardless of still being one of the youngest coaches on the staff, I have more experience within the company than most of the coaches that are on staff. Um, and that sets me up for success because I know members that have been around since the doors opened, And I know the members who just walked in last week. And I know the type of programming we used to do and the type of community that we used to have and how that shifted over the years. And, you know, OG members feel comfortable, comfortable talking to me about how things have changed and the things that they don't like that have changed and the things that they do like. And new people, I'm able to, you know, say, you know, this is approachable for anybody. I started doing this when I was 15 years old. Like, it doesn't matter when you start, as long as you're, you know, willing to give it your best effort and come in here and have a good time, then it's going to be a good experience and a good community and a good workout. Would one might say effort over everything? <laughs> Damn, the plugs are, my my the plugs are just <laughs> coming in. She is on fire. She's doing it. Hey, shameless plug effort shirts drop. Boom. Oh yeah. They're downstairs. I'm definitely going to get one. (laughs) Oh man. Sorry. I'm just on a plug roll today. Bloom, what were you going to say? Um, I don't want to. Okay. So your plug was perfectly timed. However, I don't want to skip over that because I think that that was really powerful. And that was like almost basically a mic drop moment because how many times can I, I mean, like, I'm even thinking of my first CrossFit gym that I worked at and I was a baby. Like I was literally 21 when I started coaching at that gym. And I remember going through the same thing. Like I was a member there and then all of a sudden I was coaching and there was no, like, by the way, Ariel is now like in charge of your class like you have to listen to her. It was me having to step up and be assertive and like step into my own as a coach. And for you, I want to know, because I've seen your classes and they're damn good classes and I've gotten to take some of them and they're like some of my favorites. What for you was like a, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, but like the confidence building moments, like the turning point. Yeah. 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 Um, that's a good question. Um, I think that obviously just like time doing the thing is obviously very helpful. When I started coaching, there wasn't like an NC internship program like there is now. And there wasn't all these like steps you had to go through. It was like, cool, you got your L1, your coaching class is tomorrow. Like it was just kind of like thrown into the deep end, which was stressful. But I do think that that helped me like work out the kinks really quickly. Um, I think that a major turning point was when this Campbell location opened. I was previously coaching at our Stevens Creek location, which is where Lindsay and I met. And that location had a lot of awesome people and good energy, but it was a little bit different than the gyms that we had had in the past. Um, and I didn't have a ton of guidance. Uh, the coaches that were there were, you know, busy coaching. Um, and there was just, like I said, not as much structure for new coaches at the time that there is now. So when I came over to our Campbell location, uh, Frankie was the head coach here and he kind of took me under his wing and was watching my classes all the time, taking my classes all the time. We were always, you know, talking shop, giving each other ideas of new things we could do. 
Um, and that's kind of around the time where uh, MDV came into the picture and, you know, he's really good at putting people on the spot and <laughs> making them figure it out. Um, I think it's which is intimidating. <laughs> I mean, one time I went up to him and I was like, Hey, I'm having a hard time coaching push jerks. Uh, can you help me? Like, what are some tips? And he was like, okay, coach me on the push jerk right now. And I'll tell you what you're doing wrong. And I was like, uh, th this is not what I asked. Abort for. mission. Abort <laughs> mission. That was so much my first class I ever coached at NC. And this is like years and years, Colleen, your front desk years and years and years ago. And Pat Barber stacked my class with yeah. Jason Garrett and Miranda and told them all to take my first class. And it was like, work up to a one rep max squat clean. And Perfect. at like 95%, Pat came up to me. He's like, go fix Jason's form. And I was like, uh, Mr. Kalipa, uh, I know you're squat me, sir. 315, sir. But um, yeah, so our company yeah. has this ethos of like sink or swim, but it right. turns out some damn good coaches. Yeah. And so, you know, coming to Campbell and having Frankie to support me and having MDV do those types of things. And then as more and more structure was built around coaching and performance evaluations and observations and stuff like that, um, it just became more, it was easier to understand like where I needed to improve and like what I could be better at. And then I was told it was surprising to me because I've always been, I was like a super extroverted kid. I was like dancing and singing around everywhere. I was doing cartwheels in the middle of my soccer games. Like I've never had a problem being extra. Um, but I noticed, um, and so did other people that I, um, because sports has always been serious for me. It's been, I'm playing to win. I'm playing to be the best. And like, I want to play sports in college. So like I need to perfect my craft and be serious about it. So when I started coaching CrossFit, I was kind of carrying over that mentality of having fun is being the best and having fun is winning and having fun is doing things perfectly. So I was being so technical with my coaching and like how I was instructing people. And I wasn't really having fun or bringing out that like charismatic side of myself. So then it became a, how do I still coach a really good technically sound class, but also like have fun and be myself and let other people enjoy themselves. So I, I think it's kind of, it can be the opposite for a lot of coaches. It's people who have like a lot of personality and they're good at talking to people and that's what they want to do. Um, and then the technical side kind of comes after, but for me, it was like, I was starting from a really sound technical background with just athletics in general. And then it was like implementing my personality on top of that. And once I started to understand that and do that, I think I just became more and more comfortable and confident in my abilities as a coach. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it's a lot of like, once you have the confidence that you know the material and like, it's even just comes down to as simple as planning and preparing your class. Like if you know what you're going to say, if you know the timeline of your class to the T, then you can have fun with it. You can be this like extroverted bubbly. You can make class fun because you're not overthinking all of that stuff. And I think that's a really important thing for people to recognize is that you don't necessarily have to have everything figured out at once, but as you go and the more that you do it and the more that you practice it and you get those reps under your belt 
the more confident, like you're saying, you become at those things. And that's like a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge to all of our listeners that are maybe like, oh, I'm not ready for that thing yet because I have to get here first because I disagree. I don't think that you need to be anywhere to do anything. I don't think any of us are quite ready, right? Like we talk about coaching, you talk about kids, you talk about whatever, like we're all doing the best we can with what we've got. And exactly. Colleen, I think you've crushed it with everything that you have and everything you bring to the NC fit classes. So if people want to come see you, come take a class, drop in, maybe they're a member that knows everything about you. Where can people find you? How can people get a hold of you? How can they take your classes? All of the things. Yeah. I mean, I'm coaching at our Campbell location like four or five days a week. So if you want to take a class with me, I'd be happy to have you. Um, mostly I'm on Instagram at Colleen underscore Fleming. And then I also do graphic design and art. So I have an art account as well. That is cmf.png on Instagram. So those are the two ways that people can find me. Um, and I'm happy to talk to you on Instagram and I'm happy to see you in class as well. Hell yeah. Thanks, Colleen. Thanks, Colleen. Of course. Thank you guys.